How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal. As always, to my right, my co-host and my dad, Noel Teal. Dude, you're still in New York? Still here. Uh, still out in the middle of nowhere, New Jersey, actually. The boonies. Uh, yeah. But I was in New York City yesterday. It was a great time. I got to see, you know, some of those March Madness games on some of these big, you know, the big screens in Times Square, which was pretty Ooh, cool. Yeah. Um, so. They had all the games there, you know, million people around there. Uh, it was it was cool, you know. Day one of March Madness was nothing of you know what we wouldn't expect. Upsets galore, great basketball games. You know, some teams handed it to the smaller schools. Um, that's what March Madness is. So we had a great first day. We will recap that for you uh, today. Uh, we will you're feeling doing this. Your number, your your. In first place in the pool. Look, my, my bracket is as of day one, which, yeah. you know, I've been here before, is is doing fine. I got like three wrong yesterday. I'm in first place, and that's great. But day two starts in about an hour here. Um, so right when this goes uh, live and you all are listening to this, um, I'm sure my bracket will be falling apart as day two goes. <laughs> um, hey, we're still in round one. Uh, but yeah. round one, day one, we will talk about as well. And then we have NFL free agency. It was a jam-packed last couple days Mm -hmm. um busy couple days not as many guys have signed as i thought there's a lot of guys out there that are still good i mean the number one guy really right now is dalton schultz is still out there he was probably the number one tight end to hit the market he's not getting the money that he thought he would get um, obviously so he's not signing um anywhere as of yet and there's a lot of guys that have signed which we will break down and talk about a lot of good moves um that some of these teams are making um, a couple trades, a couple trade rumors still out there. DeAndre Hopkins still has not. Uh, not a cowboy yet. Still still has not been traded, which is pretty <laughs> mind-boggling with all the rumors we're hearing. So let's get into this. Let's break down March Madness Day 1 and NFL Free Agency. Let's get into it. Let's run it. And oh, he the again. That's impossible. Let's begin today with free agency, NFL free agency. Uh, most of the top guys have been signed. A lot of guys, as you go down the list, though, still available. So you still got, you know, the, as the, the weekend, uh, we get into the weekend, some guys are going to sign here. Next week, you know, we'll be busy as well. Free agency is going to last pretty much this whole month. So guys are going to take their time. Uh, so let's get into just breaking down some of these guys that, uh, that, that went and got signed already here and talk about them a little bit. Um, as we start at the top, as we start at the top, uh, some of the big guys um, that we were anticipating, obviously leaving their teams. Uh, Javon Hargrave was arguably, you know, one of the best free agents available. D lineman goes to the 49ers. The 49ers continue to spend big on their D line, and this is just kind of the next guy to come in, veteran D tackle. You know, worth he's a money. stud. He's an yeah. absolute stud. He makes San Francisco's middle of the line elite. You yep. add him to Nick Boson and Eric uh, or Eric Armstead, and and it's a it's a brutal line. Yep, yeah, it's it's it is brutal as well. Um, more defensive line help. Marcus Davenport goes to the Vikings. I thought it was I a good deal. Pickup. I did One too. year, thirteen million. You know, this is a guy that I still feel hasn't reached his full potential. Um, 100%. You know, that he instantly probably could becomes you know the best, most reliable 
defensive lineman on the on on the Vikings. Daniil Hunter, yeah. we haven't seen in some time. Uh, yeah. They they just you know uh, lost Zadarius Smith or are going to lose Zadarius Smith, so he comes in and and he's going to play a big role. Uh, if, hopefully, if fixing the rankings. Healthy, it's a, if he can stay healthy, it's a tremendous signing. Yeah, um, on the offensive line. Um, you had two offensive tackles, the two most coveted ones in free agency. Uh, neither of them actually go to the Bears, which I thought Orlando Brown would end up on the Bears. He doesn't. He goes to the Bengals, four-year, $64 million. Good signing. Very good signing. Uh, by by two, par- two parts by the Bengals. Um, first, they get a star offensive tackle who's now been on his third team in, in quite some time, which is a little you know weird in that aspect. But – you know, money plays an issue and all of that. And he's won big games and he won a Super Bowl with KC last year. Um, but he now goes to the AFC, other AFC contender in the Bengals, makes Joe Burrow's job easier and, and they get a star, you know, left tackle there. Isn't it amazing though? $21 million a year for a left tackle yep. and running, yeah, running backs can't get six, you know, uh, pay up for the, the big boys there. So <laughs> good, good to see them, you know, getting money, uh, which is, mm-hmm. which is good there. Um, but on the other offensive tackle, Jawan Taylor, um, who's coming off a really good year with the Jaguars, uh, thought that the Jaguars may be able to you know, keep him with Trevor Lawrence there. Uh, but he goes to the Chiefs. The Chiefs replaced Orlando Brown with Jawan Taylor, which I found a little weird. I didn't understand why they didn't just give a, you know, a, a, a cheaper deal to Orlando Brown. Um, but yeah, I, a little weird. I mean, I guess you're replacing him with somebody a little bit younger. I, I, mean, I yeah, guess young, that's the only, that's a the only way you younger, can look at but, it. I don't think it's good. No, definitely I definitely, I definitely don't think it's good. So I guess Orlando Brown wanted to change, and they replaced him with, you know, a younger Jawan Taylor. There are a lot of guys, um, as you go down the list, stayed here. Um, you know, Jason Kelsey resigned with the Eagles. That was a no-brainer. Um, Jamel Dean, that was a little bit of a surprise, staying with the Bucks Gets, mm-hmm. you know, a pretty hefty deal, four years, $52 million. I, I think Jamel Dean's coming off a good year. I don't think he's great, uh, but, yeah. I, you know, you got to retain, you know, corners there. James Bradbury stays with the Eagles, which was big. Bradbury um, and well. Slay. I mean, it looked yeah. like Slay was going to be released. Next thing you know, he's signing a mega deal to stay in Philly. Where is Philly getting all this money? Yeah, Philly's using every last inch of their cap space right now. My God, they have so much dead <laughs> cap. They ha- they still haven't signed Jalen Hurts to his extension, and they still are able to sign Fletcher Cox and uh, oh. Brandon Graham and Slay. And I just, it's amazing. I mean, they let Miles Sanders walk. They let Kazir White walk. They're about to let Chauncey Garner, uh, Johnson walk, but they retained a good amount of people. Yeah. More than I thought they were going to. Yep. And then another offense tackle off the board, Mike McGlinchey, who's a little older veteran there, goes to the Broncos, gets the biggest deal out of any tackle, $87 million over five years. Um, so wow. that's a, it's a big wow. deal. The Broncos, again, doing everything they can to you know make Russell Wilson's life a little easier and maybe have him yeah. have a back bounce, uh, you know, a bounce back season. Um, another one, Tremaine Edmonds got a payday from the Bears, 72 mil, uh, four years. I like this signing. You know, a lot of people are a little against it. Um, but Tremaine Edmonds is 24. He's an all-pro. He's one of the best linebackers in the league. I mean, why? That, that's someone in free agency, in my opinion, you give that money to. Yeah, you know, 100%. You, you, you give the money to the 24-year-old who's done a lot on a winning team, you know, for, for a short time of his career. You know, a lot of people saying that he's – you know, he, he's, he's a little off and on and, and he's not, you know, entirely worth that money. But, you know, I, I say as a, you know, just as an athletic, you know, talent, he can tackle, you know, he can cover, he can rush the passer. I mean, why? For, for a Bears team that needs, you know, one of those players, you got to give him yeah. the money there. 
No, 100%. The Bears got plenty of money to spend. I like what the Bears are doing. I, you'll probably get to it, but you know they just signed Robert Tanya and they just signed Dante Foreman. Like, I, I, I like what they're starting to do here. Yeah, and TJ Edwards was the other linebacker that they went with um, off the Eagles. I, I think TJ Edwards is coming off, you know, just like this unreal, you know, year that I think everybody had on the Eagles. Sure. So I think, you know, coming off that, he didn't exactly get paid what I thought he would, 19 over three years. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. I think that's about his worth. That's above six million. I thought. I thought. I I think that's a great deal. That's why I like the signing. Mm -hmm. I like. I like that deal Um, because I think that's what he's worth. Like you said, Um, Mm -hmm. I thought coming off the year he had, he was going to get paid, you know, a little more than that. But I like that deal. He's a good young player. Let's see if he can keep, you know, rolling in on, on what he did last year. Um, Cameron Sutton's another player on the Steelers that went to the Lions. Uh, God, did they need him? Yeah, a lot of three-year, thirty-three million dollar deals. Um, when it, whether it was corners or wide receivers, um, isn't that they, what Jacoby Myers got? Right, Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster. So Jacoby Myers mm-hmm. leaves the Patriots to go to the Raiders. Which, I mean, I don't know if this is, <laughs> you know, obviously not on purpose, but um, Jacoby Myers. Remember the last play Jacoby Myers made, uh, or not the last play, but a infamous play he made last year where he. Uh, Threw the ball about the 30 Raiders. yards uh, behind him to uh, Khalil, or not Khalil Mack, uh, no. to, to Chandler Jones. Yes. And he ran for about, you know, that game when he touched him. And now he secretly joins the Raiders. So I don't know what was going yeah. on there. Um, <laughs> but the Patriots lose Jacoby Myers and they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. Same, pretty much the same deal. Um, you know, so I like that. With Juju. You know, you know, I don't. I mean, I think Jacoby Myers is better than Juju. I, again, I, you're putting Juju now. Now you're putting Juju Smith-Schuster. Unless the Patriots, they are interested in De- DeAndre Hopkins. They're interested in, in Judy. They they might they might be a team that pulls it for Judy, possibly. Mm-hmm. If they do not get another receiver or not at least a, a number one receiver, and you have Juju coming in as your number one receiver with Mac Jones yeah. there, I don't know. I just not don't, a, he's not a number one guy. He's a number two guy, and that's the way they got to get a number one. Yeah, so I, I would anticipate that's coming with you know one of two of those guys in a trade, or the draft, or 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 they go you know early in the draft they can definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, going down the list, uh, Bobby Okereke uh, signs with the Giants. I thought that was a really yeah. good signing. They decided to sign resign all their wide receivers. What was um, that? They resigned Sterling Sterling Shepard. They resigned Darius Slayton, and they and they signed Paris Campbell. What, what? I don't understand I what the Giants are doing. I mentioned I here. Um, I like the Paris Campbell signing. I don't understand why they signed, re-signed Shepard and Slayton, and then they signed Campbell. I don't know. They, they still are, do not have a number one guy, so no. I'm confused with doing there. But back to Bobby Okariki, I like this. Um, it's a good signing for a team that lacks linebackers there. Uh, $40 million over four years, good good deal there. The biggest um, move me. that the Giants made was the trade to get Darren Waller. Oh. I mean, that could be a massive move and a real help for Darren or Daniel Jones. I mean, he's yeah. a, if he's healthy, he's he's top three tight end in the league. Yeah, so you go they they go Darren Waller still don't have a number one wide tight end, but he can kind of be, or don't still don't have a number one wide Watch. receiver, but he can kind of be that number one guy um, yep. if you ask him to be, and if he stays healthy, he definitely can be as well. Um, I you know I also like the Stephon Gilmore trade that the Cowboys made, um, gave up a fifth round pick for him, get their number two corner. That's what they really needed. I mean. When you really look at at a team that has Trayvon Diggs and they're locked into him being their number one corner, uh, they just need a number two, a, an experienced guy. And I mean, Stephon Gilmore pretty much fits the exact mold of, of a player that they don't have to pay that much and they didn't have to give up that much to get, you know, a fifth round pick, a comp pick, 
Doesn't we're really still paying ten million dollars, but my my biggest issue is: can we have the Stefan Gilmore who was the Defensive Player of the Year four years ago, and not the guy who's changed teams now four times in four years? Yeah, and I think he's just it's been bad timing with injury to a team that doesn't want to pay him because he's been injured and he's been bouncing around. And now, you know, I think he showed strides on the Panthers, then went to the Colts, and I think he had a pretty good end of the year with the Colts. You know, stayed healthy for the most part there. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see if he comes here. You know, in all those situations, he was he was put in as the number one guy. You know, I don't I don't think he is that guy anymore. But he's one of the best man coverage corners. And that's what the Cowboys need right now. I mean, they need a guy that can really, you know, it, it's not Anthony Brown anymore. You know, that that's all I'm God. thankful. Thank about. you. Thank teams, you. Teams simply, at least I hope, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this, hoping that Stefan Gilmore is better than Anthony Brown, which I think we can agree on. You know, yeah. I, I, teams can now simply not go into a game versus Dallas and pick on the other, you know, corner that Trayvon Diggs isn't covering. Yep. That's not going to happen anymore. I think it's a, it's a really good get for Cowboys there. The Cowboys also yeah. re-signed Donovan Wilson, uh, t- three Thank years, you. twenty-four million. It's that's a great deal. Um, there yeah. were rumors about him leaving. You know, him getting more money somewhere else. Who knows if that's true? If he got another offer. Um, but thank God he comes back. This is, you know, he was a star a safety. Must resign. Yeah, he was a must resign. He is the he's basically the captain of our defense. Like uh, you just can't lose that guy. He is everywhere. He had over a hundred tackles as a safety. He was he was uh, honestly, except for Micah Parsons, he probably was our second best player on defense. Right. And then speaking of the safeties, uh some other guys got paid as well. One Thornhill, two time Super Bowl champ on the Kansas City Chiefs goes to the Browns, gets a similar deal as Wilson there, and then Jesse Bates is the one who strikes in Falcons. on the big deal, four years, sixty-four, um, because becomes one of the highest-paid safeties, um, and that's you know that was linked a lot to the Falcons. I don't know what the Falcons are doing really. Um, spending a lot of money right now. I don't know. They they still have a lot of question marks really offensively. So we'll yeah. see what what they decide to do there. Uh, the running backs were a big talk about who was going to get paid um, here. Miles Sanders went off a couple of days ago. He was a little late. But he goes to the Panthers for 25 mil over four years. It's a great signing. Great, it's a signing. great signing. I I I this pretty much confirms <laughs> this pretty much confirms Miles Sanders wants to be the number one guy. I, I think it was about sure. maximizing the money uh for what he's done so far in his career, comes off his best year of his career, but still wasn't utilized to his fullest. And now goes to a team that we anticipate probably not being that good next year. Uh, in the Panthers, he probably coming in with C.J. Stroud, um, and he gets to you know pair with a young team that's they're going to give him the ball you know 200, 250 times this year. So you know why should. not maximize on on a you know so, bad team on a good contract? So they lost out to Freeman. So this is obviously a, a there was a number one need. They still have Chuba Hubbard to back him up. Look, I I told you I think Miles Sanders is a stud. You just got to give him a chance. And Philly never knew how to use him. You no. know I. I think this is going to be great. I love what Carolina's done. They, they picked up Hayden Hurst. They picked up yeah. Miles Sanders. They picked up Von Bell in, as you know, a safety from uh, you know Cincinnati. I, I think they're all great picks. The one that make me scratch my head: Why did they sign Andy Dalton? Yeah, I, I don't what know. What was that? that? I mean, that's just the backup. You know, you're you're taking a rookie in. You're, you're drafting a rookie first I overall. Guess. Jesus. Like what? I, Andy Dalton feels like he just kind of floats around every year, but I don't know why they spent big on a backup. You know, for Andy Dalton, five and a half million a year for your backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't little little. You still have Matt Corral on the team too. You know, it's not like you don't have any options. I know right. Sam Darnold left, but I, I don't. I didn't get that signing at all. 
The running backs uh, that went after Sanders, you have David Montgomery goes to the Lions after they lose Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams hate, goes to the Saints. I hate 12 that million. I, I like, well, this. I, the, I hate the Montgomery signing. I yeah. love the Jamal Williams signing. The, the Montgomery one, I, this to me shows just one thing. It shows that they have no faith that Swift can either stay healthy for a whole year or they have no faith in signing Swift after this year because he's a free agent after this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, signing, re-signing Jamal Williams probably wouldn't have confirmed that. He, he was, you know, sharing the backfield with him anyway. Signing maybe a, a one-year deal with a running back, maybe a, that's, you know, worse than Dave Montgomery probably wouldn't have confirmed that. But Dave Montgomery slots in. This guy's not just going to share a backfield. Like, Dave Montgomery comes in as the starting running back of this team. What, Swift, what have you seen from David Montgomery over the last three years that makes you go, wow, turn the ball over to him and we'll just put DeAndre Swift in on third downs? I I, I don't personally see it. <coughs> plus, sorry. Plus the fact you're paying him $6 million a year, right? When you could have had Jamal Williams for four. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Jamal Williams had 17 touchdowns last year. Yeah. No, I, I – I'm a bigger David Montgomery fan than you. I mean, he he has produced over the years. I mean that that he's that he's been in the league and he showed his talent. Like this guy's a physical back. He also has speed. Um, he's also been in Chicago. He's been terrible, bad offensive lines for years. He goes to the Lions as as a, probably a top five offensive line. Um, a good running scheme. I mean, Swift and Jamal Williams. I mean, look at what Jamal Williams earned himself last year from you know th- this guy was a, a third down you know power back like a goal line back. And he turned into it a thousand yard rusher. I mean, this this is a scheme where Dave Montgomery is going to thrive in, um, but it shows that Swift maybe just go to a third down back type of guy. Um, which I, I'm is, just, I guess, I'm fine. Just, I don't know. I, I just think that candidly, David Montgomery is a middle of the road running back, and to pay him six million dollars, six point two five million dollars, when you could have went out and, and spent the same for Miles Sanders, you could go out and get Damian Harris, you could have, you know. Uh, I retain Jamal Williams. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't love, I don't know. I just don't love it. The Jamal Williams to the Saints, though, I, I like. Tw- uh, yeah, three years, 12 million, eight million guaranteed, a much a hard earned deal that he deserves. And then, you know, Kamara, we have to keep up with that situation. Uh, does, you know, he go to maybe a more full time role for some of the season next year if something happens to uh, mm-hmm. uh, to him there? Um, as, as we go down to the, you know, end of the list, some of the, 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 the sneakier guys that we still have to mention here. Uh, Mike Isecki ends up as a Patriot. This is Weird. such a Patriot move. Uh, the Patriots Weird. and these tight ends, you know, they've been trying to do this ever since Aaron Hernandez and and uh, Gronkowski Brown, left. They've tried the tight ends. John U. Smith didn't work. I guess uh, Hunter Henry has okay. played okay. He, not the Hunter Henry he was in in uh, as a Charger. And now yeah. you bring Gusecki in trying to I mean, get his career back. I don't know. I don't really see this working either so yeah no, i it, it, it's nice on paper i don't think it's going to do anything for the patriots the patriots are going to be in fourth place in that division i mean yeah. there's just no doubt about it and then yeah. the talk of the off season or i guess you know as you Ooh. could say uh one of the you know probably off to the the best starts of the off season if this trade goes through would be the jets who they've signed a couple guys and aaron Rodgers confirmed on his Pat McAfee show, um, that he wants is indeed going to be a Jet. He wants to be a Jet. He's waiting wants on. Wants to be. Yeah. Wants to be a Jet. The Packers kind of have all the leverage here. They know he wants to be a Jet. Um, they're trying to get, I think, a first round pick out of this trade, maybe a player as well. Um, but the, the the Jets have signed 
uh, Alan Lazard, uh, which I mm-hmm. like the signing as well. They get a, mm-hmm. a good, a good, you know, number two to go by Garrett Wilson. Um, another vertical threat. Uh, Wouldn't which that is, probably mean that Corey Davis's days are numbered in Yeah, Corey, in Corey Davis, um, you know, the other young guys they have there, Denzel Mims, mm-hmm. kind of just falls down the, the roster there. Uh, you you got to talk about, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but your guy. Elijah you, Moore. You love, right, Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. He, he's been kind of getting, you know, pushed out of there for some time now. Um, and they're just showing, yeah, this is Rogers' team now whenever this happens. He's going to have his boy Lazard there. We anticipate Randall Cobb. Is still a free agent. He could sign there as well. Um, you know that. So they uh, reunite they're building, him. They're building for him, and this is going to be a very nice. Sterling Sharp, are they bringing Sterling Sharp back too out of retirement? Yeah, they're gonna. This is gonna be one of the best offenses you know Aaron Rodgers has ever been in um, yeah, in his career. Especially, especially if this goes through, if Brees Hall comes back healthy, mm-hmm. Brees Hall's a big yeah. one. Yeah. Um, you, and then you know what I, I love about the Jets yeah. re-signing Quincy Williams to a three-year deal. It's a good that, one. They yeah, didn't they, let him they, go they anywhere. Him. Yeah. Yep, they needed him for sure. Free agency is still going on um, as we go to this weekend. We're more kind of concerned with uh, the tournament right now, with, with March Madness. Any other signings right, but, you wanted to take, I just to want to talk to? about the quarterbacks for a second, right? I, I, some of them just make me scratch my head, right? So the Dolphins signed Mike White as their backup, yep. right? I, the guy had one good game in two years, and they're re- then they signed him to a – to, to a backup role, you know, to be behind two. I, I, a two-year deal that I just didn't understand when there were better ones out there. I love Minshew going to the Colts, you know, to be with Shane Steichen like that again. as well, yeah. And, that, I, and, I think that's... And, and Gardner Minshew has shown that he can be a starter in this league, and he definitely, definitely should be a starter for a team like the Colts, who aren't, you know, probably going to be too good in the AFC next year. Like, he should be starting yeah. on a bad team. Agreed. Um, Houston signing Case Keenum. How long has this guy gotten a paycheck in the league without having to do anything? Wild. My God. That just blew my mind. Um, Jacksonville signing C.J. Beathard, another guy who literally, like, everybody loves to have on their team, but nobody wants to play him, you know? Um, And then uh, the other one that just made me scratch my head was Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, Baker going to Tampa Bay, I I don't understand the signing at all. Look, they need a starting quarterback. I mean, this guy is going to be not the definite starter, but he's going to contend for a spot. Um, yeah. the, you know, they have their guy Kyle Trask, who they drafted early in a in a draft some time ago. Mm-hmm. I never was a Kyle Trask believer. I mean, no, I wasn't either. I, I think they're backtracking on that one as we speak. I don't think they trust him going to be the starting quarterback next year. Baker yeah. Mayfield's coming off a couple games where he showed maybe he can still do something. And the Bucks' offense around the quarterback is still good. They're, we anticipate their offensive line being healthy this year. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like maybe, maybe Lightning Baker goes bottle. in there. And, At $8.5 and million dollars one year? Maybe he does what he did last year at the end of the year and kind of gets his career back on, on uh, foot. And, and then the last one is Jacoby Prissett to the, uh, to the Washington Commanders. Another uh, one scr- scratching my head. You, you let Heineke go. He goes in what? He signed with um, – Shoot, I don't remember where he signed. Uh, I think he signed I with... think he went to the Falcons, I think. Yeah, he did. He went to the Falcons. And then Brissett, they bring Brissett in. So they're going to have Brissett and Sam Howell battle out for the, the starting job? Like, I just... <laughs> these things don't make any sense to me. Yeah. Look, I just the, what, don't get it. Basically, these teams are so... I, I think they don't know what to do themselves at the quarterback position that mm-hmm. any sort of veteran guy, no matter what they've good or bad backup or not in their career, they're just willing to sign because it's like, you know, we need someone to play that position. And if we, and if the draft doesn't go our way 
and if something doesn't free up, someone's going to have to start a quarterback for the upcoming yeah. year. So yeah. that's just kind of what happens. So that that is uh, this year's NFL free agency. Still a lot of guys to go. Um, Dalton Schultz, you know, thoughts because Dalton Schultz right now is by far the best free agent remaining. This is a, you know, probably a top, you know, 10 tight end in the league, a starter for sure, a guy that Dak Prescott has probably made a lot of money, uh, which we anticipated, hasn't gotten paid yet. We anticipate he gets paid. Do you think there's any chance he comes back to Dallas? Uh, Yeah, I do. I think there's a chance. I mean, you know, it's kind of like this. Like, you know, I mean, they got to get a deal done with Tony Pollard because you can't pay that guy $10 million when every other running back's getting six. You know, so you've got to work out a long-term deal that makes more sense, probably in the $7 million range, you know, hopefully long-term four years kind of thing. If, right. if that frees up a little more capital, then, you know, you could bring Dalton Schultz back at probably eight, nine million, yeah. you know, and, and that would make sense. You know, I don't know, you know, the Dolphins is a possibility. I think they still need, you know, they're still looking to replace Kaseki, you know, and, and get a tight end. There's a couple of teams out there that I think he would fit really well with, you know, Certainly, you know, uh, the, the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals can use them. Like they're, the, the Chicago Bears, like, you know, I mean, I know Cole, they like Cole Komet, but, you know, they could go, you know, with more of a two tight end set. Right. There's just places where people still have money. I, I still think he's going to get somewhere in the eight to nine million range. I think if he's looking for double digits, it's not going to happen. Well, that's the thing. I think he's looking for 10 plus million. He started off like that. No one's going to give him that, even the teams with money. Um, yep. So you have to think if no one's going to give him that and he gets a bunch of offers around seven, eight, nine million, and the Cowboys are one of those that maybe is in the eight, the seven lower side, maybe he just sticks around and just stays with the same team, stays with what what's he know, what what he knows. It's not it's not a you know possibility that that may not happen. This is something that's yep. probably becoming more realistic as the days you know go on and he isn't signed. Yeah, no, I I think I think you'll see Dalton Schultz sign in the next week. Yeah, is my personal opinion. All right, let's transition now and get to day one of March Madness. Let's day get to one. these games. Um, we we had games at noon. We had games at ten. It was an all day affair, um, yes, it and, was. and a lot of a lot of great ones. So let's get to them. We started the day with two games. We started West Virginia, Maryland, and Furman, Virginia. Um, two games that I think were a lot of more maybe. I know Maryland, West Virginia was 50-50 and people who had picked them in the, the pool. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people had that firm and upset because a lot of people didn't believe in Virginia, like myself. Mm-hmm. And we started with Maryland, Virginia. West Virginia went up a ton to start the game. Was, we thought was Maryland was going to get four. I was having out lunch of the water. And, yeah, and I had Maryland in all three pools. And then all of a sudden, Maryland just started shooting threes, like going out of style. It was beautiful. Yeah. Julian Reese, Hakeem Hart are, you know, stellar guards there for, mm-hmm. for Maryland. Um, and Maryland was able to storm back at the win um, in a close game there. And then the Furman upset over Virginia was absolutely nuts. You have a game that Virginia led the entire game, was up 10 at one point. Furman came back. Um, and then you had a one of the craziest last couple seconds. Um, one of and the I don't worst decisions ever. I don't understand what you know Virginia as a whole was doing. And then you obviously have Key Clark, who has been in college forever this is like a six-year guy um mm-hmm. that's playing on his covid year um you know extra year here uh you know one of the most experienced guys in all college basketball smart you know great defender and he just throws one of the wildest passes with about nine seconds left that i've ever seen intercepted gives it 
to, to, you know, intercepted by Furman. They hit a three and they win the game by one. I mean, just and a totally a, a mistake that didn't have to be made by Virginia, just throwing it up aimlessly, not taking care of the ball. And Furman takes advantage, gets a crazy upset. And, and Virginia on the fifth on, on the fifth year anniversary of them losing to UMBC, uh, they go down to Furman. It was one of the worst college basketball plays I've ever seen. All you have to do is inbound the ball. You'll get fouled. Go make your free throws, and right, and play defense in the last eight seconds. Or you know, or if somebody was that wide open all the way down the court, throw it all the way down the court. Right. He threw it in the middle of the field, right at half court, to the only person in purple. Yeah, and I don't. I don't really know what was going through his mind because there was under ten seconds left. He could have just held it and got fouled, or 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 got it to another guy next to him. I don't. This again. This is why I don't understand what happened. This is a six-year senior. This guy's been. This guy's has won a, a championship before. This guy's Virginia won it all at the year after the UMBC thing happened. He was on that team, um, and you're playing Furman and makes that mistake. I don't really understand how that happens, but Furman Good gets Virginia, upset. Man. I started two and zero. I started two and zero to start the. Do, do, do you know the, they showed on TV the last time Furman was uh, in the tournament? Jimmy Carter was president. That's that's insane. I mean this this gas is a team, was a dollar a gallon. It was so is, funny. Like look at all. It's a things. basketball team that doesn't make the tournament very often. Ever ever. ever. Oh, then gosh. we went to some of the afternoon games. We had two number one seeds play. Uh, Kansas took care of Howard, and Alabama took care of uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Um, but Alabama, the, the the crazy thing about them, Brandon Miller does not score a point yeah, in this what was game. That? 0 for 5 from the field, 5 rebounds, th- 3 assists. Um, there was rumor he got injured. I don't think he did get injured. Um, this was just a game where he didn't score and he didn't have to. I mean, they took care of it. another team. Yeah. He's going to have to pick it up and score once we uh, once we get to the other rounds. So, yeah, not a big deal there. Kansas take care of Howard. Uh, the, you know, <laughs> Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick uh, doing their thing. Um, I, I'm scared for people that have to play Jalen Wilson because I know that this is Howard and I know this is the first round. I'm just talking about a hole in the season he's, and how it's gone. Jalen Wilson is so unreal. Good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. I think he's the second best player in the country. He might be. Uh, then we had Utah State, Missouri, which I'm going to be honest, Utah State was another upset that I tried to take. And I took it in all three of my pools. Man, Missouri's a good team. Missouri yeah. came out. And they outshot Utah State. We, we we picked Utah State because we thought Utah State's offense was going to be too much. No, Missouri comes out. They shoot better uh, from the from the field. They shoot 10 threes to Utah State's four. Four for 24. You're not going to win a game in the nope. tournament shooting four for you, 24 you, from three. Remember what we said? Utah State was one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. That's why we took them, right? Yeah. We thought they would come out and they were going to just bomb threes. Yeah, they were yeah. bombing threes, but they weren't making any of them. Right. And, and, Moy- and Hodge had a great game. Right, Demoy Hodge um, yeah. is is the guy to walk. Now Missouri plays Princeton, who we'll talk about mm-hmm. in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to talk about that matchup as as you know we talk about Princeton there. But Missouri could be looking like they may make a run um, yeah. here. We had uh, before that Princeton game, we had SDSU, San Diego State, who I said would beat Charleston. Uh, they had a little bit of a scare. Charleston made a little bit of a second half push there, um, but man. I completely forgot about Matt Bradley. This is another senior that's been on this SDSU team for a while. He's made, I think, already two tournaments before. Really solid player. And, and again, San Diego State defensive team holds Charleston under 60 points. 
This team's going to be a tough out. Yep. Well, we said it. We said they can't score, but they're going to hold teams to, to basically nothing. They, right. they scored enough. Six, if they score 63 points, they're going to be a hard out. Yep. It's, it's when they score, when they usually have their games where they score 57, you know, then, then it's a problem. But the, yep. uh, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I was disappointed with College of Charleston. I thought they would come out and, and play better. I thought they would give SDSU a much tougher game. I felt SDSU, even though it got close, you know, in the second half, was in control the whole game. Yeah, they really were. It just kind of feels like SDSU is comfortable playing close games because yeah. um, I feel like they know they're going to make stops at the end to win the game, uh, which yeah. is exactly Smothering what they did. Yeah. Um, and then we got to our, our final game of the afternoon session, which we we're all anticipating Arizona at least beating Princeton easily. They led the entire game. It wasn't – they never led by a lot, maybe, you know, eight or nine points. And all of a sudden in the last four minutes, Arizona doesn't score. Four minutes, the last four minutes, they didn't score a point. Sense. They were held at 55 sense. points with 442 to make up. Uh, Tubelis made a layup of 442 left. They didn't score another point. Princeton locked in. They played defense. They got stops. Um, and and this is Ivy League basketball, I guess. I mean, this is this was a team that that never quit. They They stayed in it. And defensively, with four minutes to play, they didn't give up a point. I mean that that's just have, talk about being a 15 seed and earning your win against a, yeah. a a good Arizona team. Dude, Arizona is a fraud. They're a fraud every year. You know, we always they, they, they do lose. this a lot. They do this all the time. They always lose games they should never lose when they're top seeded. Um what I love about Princeton is if you watch basket like if you love fundamental basketball. Right. I back, mean that's you know, backdoor screening, guys running the baseline, right? Setting up multiple pick and rolls. Like, I, it's fun basketball to watch if you're a purist. Yeah, because the Ivy League, this is how the Ivy League plays. I mean, as yeah. someone that just would watch a random college basketball and, you know, watching the Ivy League tournament, you know, Yale, uh, I, I think another, I think Brown was good this year. Mm -hmm. uh, or Harvard was good again this year, you know, in that Ivy League. There's always like four teams um, that, that play in that tournament at the end. And, I mean, these teams, when they play each other, it's like, it, you know, it's a joke about talking about Ivy League and playing smart and having these high IQ teams. But that's how they play. It's like who, it's like a chess match. Like, who can right. outsmart the other team with, like, basketball IQ? And when you don't have guys who can jump Arizona. over. <laughs> when you can't jump over the, over the backboard, you know, you got to play smart. You got to play, you know, fundamental right. basketball. But, again, the, the, the most impressive part about this was Princeton, you know, we th this team could score. Like, like you said, their offense is a very – you know, it's a it's a very different offense. They mm -hmm. they run a lot of things, and they could score, and they could find open looks. Uh, but this was four minutes of pure dominance defensively in the end of the game, uh, and Arizona got completely. I I just think Arizona was didn't expect this, and and when those four minutes came, and they couldn't they couldn't even get to an open shot. They I think they were just like, what is going on? They they, they were panicking. I just don't understand. I don't understand the Arizonas and the Virginias of the world who have lost games where they have been top seeds and lost to 15s and 16s multiple times that they wouldn't take these games seriously. Like, come out, you got to play your best game six times to win a championship. You can't dog it in round one. Yeah. Well, look, look, look at the similarities between Virginia, the Virginia game, and Arizona. Both teams, Princeton and Furman, didn't weren't winning or leading the game like they were just sticking around down eight seven points and when you don't find the need to put these teams away they're gonna they're gonna realize oh well they have nothing to lose they're 15 they're a 13 seed 
let's start 100%. firing threes and and play defense and and they did and and look at Princeton yep. man 15 upsets at two um is that I think that's the second year in a row or second in in, in, in three yep. years mm-hmm. uh, it's it's crazy so Princeton takes on Missouri now either Missouri can make a run or is Princeton the the dog that makes a run now this year because now they get to a you know avoid maybe a Utah State team that would outshot them three they didn't yep. advance and Missouri now is a team that has been up and down we'll see which one which Missouri team shows up if or is, Missouri it, is plays, this a 15 seed to the sweet 16 type of year if, if Missouri plays the way they played in round one they will be Princeton yeah I think so too uh, I I think that Princeton just had an incredible stretch mm-hmm. but this Missouri team looked pretty solid it really against did. Utah State all right keep me to go into the Later games, Illinois, Arkansas, and Auburn, Iowa were the two eight nine games. Both these games weren't very close. They had times at the end where they got close. Both of them got close at the end. Illinois made some crazy run, but Arkansas dominated this game. This Arkansas team, man, is a sneaky one. Nobody's talking about them. Arkansas is a damn good team. I am telling you that this team is good. And now this team is going to go on to play Houston. Um, and Houston looked a little shaky against Northern mm-hmm. Kentucky. I'm telling you, right? Or, or not Houston. Auburn plays Houston. Auburn. Arkansas plays Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be a tough game. But I'm telling you, this Arkansas team is for real. They have they, this is a three headed monster um, at the at the guard position. Ricky Council is a transfer from Wichita. That dude can spray anytime he wants. He shot three threes mm-hmm. any any given game. He can go off for, for five threes in a game. Uh, yep. Devontae Davis was a guy that's supposed to be a lottery pick, a, you know, a, a 6'4 kind of point guard that goes in the game. He's he's a great player. Um, and, and then Anthony Black is a 6'7 guard um, yep. who can dominate. And then their their star player who didn't even play good in this game, Nick Smith Jr. Is, Nick, he's, he's is, terrible. Is, this is a top 10 pick next year, and he's not yep. been playing good. So they're playing with three other, three other guards. They have four guards on this team. What did you say about March Madness, about guards and you know, guard play this? They have, they have four huge guards all mm-hmm. over 6'4 um, that, that dominate the game. They can rebound. They can shoot. Um, they can get it to, to each other. All of them can score. So you really don't and, have to pick one to, and guess, to stop. And guess what? If they were a six seed or a seven seed, 100%. I would have had them going a lot further. I, I but agree. They but they, they got to play Kansas now. They'd have to play the game of their lives to win this game because um, – as as much as the guard play is good, Kansas has two forwards that I don't see them stopping in Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick. So I don't know. It'll it'll be tough for that. But Arkansas It'll be a good game. Again, like you said, if if Arkansas wasn't playing the number one seed in the second round, this team could probably make a run. Uh yeah. Auburn, on the other hand, they'll play Houston. Uh they looked good. Auburn's a damn good team. Uh again, this is the same team without Jabari Smith. Um Wendell Green, I think, you know, played solid. They got to the free throw line a lot. Um, Katie Johnson off the bench is definitely a big spark for them. Look, I, I just think Iowa is the same team every year. They're they're fun to watch. They have good offensive weapons. They they can't really defend. They're usually undersized. Um, you know, don't have the athleticism. Auburn's an incredibly athletic team. Um, well, you, so you you said you like Chris Murray better than his brother. I I don't. I think his he, brother was, was better. look. Chris Murray didn't didn't play good at all in this game, no. and he's just a smaller, I think, better shooting version. Of, of of his brother I don't really know what happens to him after this you know if, if the draft is the answer I don't know what he will go um but Second in terms round. of this in terms of this game Auburn Auburn's got me thinking because they play Houston next and Houston didn't play great I don't think they beat him but this team could definitely make it tough Auburn has no answer for Jarris Walker none on that team 
They're a little so, small in, in inside, but, yeah, but I, they got Houston. Houston is going to terrorize them. I, I just think, look, Iowa is a joke. You know, I just think that you know when you when Auburn plays Houston, they yeah. will see lockdown in your face defense. There will no be there will be very few open looks. That Jarris Walker is a monster, right? Jamal Shedd will 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 tear down you know Auburn and get the ball, and right. then Sasser will hit from three. I I don't I just don't see this team matching up well against Houston. I know they were look shaky in, in game one. Sasser looks okay. His groin looks all right. They'll be fine. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, but I think Auburn has the the team to make it tough. Uh, they're athletic. They're just as le- athletic as Houston is. Um, I, I'm worried the size will come into a, their disadvantage, and they'll get they'll get out out rebounded. Houston wins by double digits. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go to Duke Oral Roberts, um, which was the five twelve. This one wasn't very close. I was. Dude, I, look I was, out for Duke, man. I, I was never under the impression Oral Roberts had a chance in this game, but it was impressive with a 23-point win that Duke yeah. comes out. It was never close. Uh, Asmus never had a chance to make it a game. Um, their big guy, you know, this is a 7-6 guy you got to guard, and, and Vanover had six points. So Duke yeah. Duke was able to take down a possible, you know, fairy tale team that's done it before. Um, they took him down handily. So Duke, be on the lookout. You know, this is a team that, that a lot of people have going to the Final Four as a as a five seed. Uh, I this do. Is, I this do. is a uh, scary team right now. They're playing, uh, you know, if, if Jeremy Roach is playing like this, this is a guy who has underperformed the whole season. Mm-hmm. You know, really for, for a couple of years now, he's a junior now, and he scores 23, you know, a lot but, of strong plays. This was a game that Filipowski didn't play very well, neither did Lively. So, I mean, no. I just, Duke is a juggernaut. I'm telling you, this team is rolling. They, I think they've lost one game out of the last, like, 20. I mean, this team is not too – you do not want to see them on the schedule right now. No. They are they are dominating right now. So, yep. we moved on after that. Northwestern, Boise State, really good game. Northwestern, the thing that went impressed the me the most – the thing that impressed me the most because Boise State wasn't very good. Uh, no. It was a tough team. They couldn't shoot the ball to save their lives. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, 6 for 23 from from the three-point. The, Boo Booey! Northwestern is a bunch of guys surrounded by Boo Booey. Boo Booey will take this team as far as they as they can go because this guy is a baller. He's a player. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, they'll take on UCLA next. I mean, that's going to be a incredibly hard game. I don't anticipate them beating UCLA. No, but Boo Booey, Boo Booey, the way that they run their offense is get the ball to him. Every single time he touches the ball, every single offensive possession, running screens, one running backdoor screens to get him looks. Um, and, and he was excellent in this game. Uh, every time that Boise State felt like they scored, Northwestern responded. And every time, mm-hmm. you know, Northwestern got a stop, you know, they didn't have much pressure to score. Um, but every time that, that Boise State put pressure on, Northwestern got away um, and they led the whole game. Easy win for them. But you see, yeah, I like tough. I like Northwestern's game, but they are going to run into a wall. Yeah. As we got to the later games, it was some of the top seeds. Um, it was Texas beating Colgate pretty handily. Colgate, <laughs> it was funny watching Texas Colgate, and you—that was to me out of all, yep. out of every game we watched on day one, that was to me the biggest, the, the most visible ma- mismatch of the entire tournament, for, Colgate, especially from an athletic perspective. Colgate, you know. great, great story. You know, they—they've made the tournament. A couple years in a row now, they've dominated that Colonial Division, a three-point shooting team. 
But man, the athleticism difference and and the size difference, it was wow. Yeah, it was. How about it was how about the fact easy. that Sir Jabari Rice came off the bench and scored like twenty five? I mean, Sir Jabari Rice is that not the best name? That's awesome. in all of college basketball. He was balling out at Texas. I I bought what you said. You convinced me a little to go make them go farther than I think I had them going before. And yeah, this team is uh, going to four. Final four. This team, this team has. I'm not again. I'm not going back on my fact that I think Alabama wins it all still, or, or UCLA wins it all as my top two. Mm-hmm. But I, I think outside of that, Texas has a team that can win this whole thing. That's definitely not they have definitely. a team that can win this whole thing. Carr, Desu, and uh, and and Rice are three yeah. outstanding players. Yep. After that, you had Louisiana, Tennessee, which. It's a three-point win by Tennessee, but this game was Tennessee by about 20 right out of the gate in the second half. Um, they they were, you know, Louisiana kept it close in the first mm-hmm. half, but they they could they can't score. They could not yeah. score to save their lives. Um could Tennessee is, really, though. I mean, right, no, did anybody impress you? Louisiana played good defense. They, they mm-hmm. really did the entire game, kept Tennessee under 60 points, um, and they made a run in that second half. They made like a 16-3 run. We're down three. Um, they end up, you know, free throws going back and forth didn't fall their way. And they go out by three, so a job well done. But Tennessee, without their best guy, isn't really a threat. They play Duke next. I, I would anticipate Duke. I would. I would anticipate Duke winning that game pretty easily. I'm telling you, Duke's going to destroy them. Destroy yeah. them. Tennessee, besides Arizona, is the second most fraudulent team in this tournament. And the fact that Tennessee has a higher seed than Duke is a travesty. Yeah. Three more games to go. The night games, two were blowouts. <laughs> UCLA takes care of UNC Asheville. Drew Pember, he just couldn't, couldn't get, get it the done. Run. It was it was funny because this was this was the end. Of, you have to see it from my perspective. UCF plays UNC Asheville first game of the year. Nobody knows who Drew Pember is. I mean, you scout yeah. him for what two days before the season starts, but you're like, I just want to get on the floor and play. Drew Pember goes for forty. You couldn't stop that yeah. guy. He was open for every shot. Now yeah. you see an NCAA tournament. Where you've watched Drew Pember the entire year, every probably what everybody every team in this tournament knows who he is. He's sure. one of the top scorers in the nation. UNC Asheville's made a great run this year, and UCLA made Shut it so down. difficult for him to yes. even grab the ball, touch the ball. I mean, the <laughs> only time Drew Pember touched this ball was probably four feet past the three point line. That was mm-hmm. it. And if you, and and he shot some shots from there. And they they didn't go in. He had 13 points, whatever. UCLA was dominant. Hami Hawkes, Bailey, and Singleton um, were, were really good. Bailey and Hawkes have 17. Uh, Tiger Campbell pretty much took the night off. We we see in this first round a lot of these top seeds, their best player or their their one of their best scorers didn't really have to do much. They they the other guys took took care of it for him. Not a they lot scored, there. They scored 86 points with ease. With ease, yeah, ease. The other game, Penn State takes care of Texas A&M. Very I, impressive win. I was I was impressed, and I was I, a sigh of relief was let out because there was a couple guys, maybe just my idiotic friends, mm-hmm. uh, but a couple guys at Texas A&M making a little bit of a run, mm. a little bit of a run that uh, isn't going to happen since they went out in the the first round there. Um, you know, if, and and Penn State has placed Texas next, but I think it would be a good game. But Texas, yeah. we just talked about could win it all. Texas A&M, I never believed in. Um, I didn't necessarily believe in Penn State. I'm not going to act like I really believed that Penn State was going to win this game. I just didn't like no. Texas A&M, and I wanted that upset, that 10-7 upset. But, man, Andrew he, Funk, the he senior had the best guard. Game. He might have 
the best game of his career. Andrew, fuck, eight threes. He was spraying from all yeah. over uh, the the place. I mean, Pickett is another guard that they have who's 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 a really you know. I don't think Funk's just, ever just a scored a really good shooter. This on team can shoot the ball. Thirteen mm-hmm. for twenty-two from three. Got to the three-point line. Um, you know, they were they they got out rebounded. You know, they they got. I, I thought they were out physical in terms. Of, I think A and M was athletic, but mm-hmm. shooting the ball offensively, Texas A M really has no outside shooting threat. They had no you know perimeter scoring. Um, yep. and Penn State took advantage of that and they they blew them out of the waters. Now they face Texas. Their run might come short, but Penn State has really overachieved from not making the tournament when the Big Ten tournament started to winning or getting getting to the final, getting a bid, and now winning a game. I think that's you know they've done enough already. So. Yep. Impressive stuff from Penn State. Yep. Gets me that upset, which was big there. So thank you, Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last game, which I wanted to end off talking about, was Houston, Northern Kentucky. Houston wins by 11. Nothing to you know be that alarmed about. But yep. it is pretty obvious. Marcus Sasser you know, gets injured, maybe injured again. Houston, I don't know. Houston struggled. This was, this was the most obvious struggle out of a top team that didn't lose, obviously. Um, yeah. This was the biggest struggle. Northern Kentucky was some was a bunch of scrappy guys. I mean, I thought Sam Vincent was was really spraying from three. Um, that Trey Robinson didn't has never had a shot he didn't like. I mean, he was going for he would grab the ball from four five feet outside the three and he would jack it up. Um, mm-hmm. So, to I think Northern I think maybe I'm reading a little too much into Northern Kentucky was just had nothing to lose and they were chucking mm-hmm. up shots and some of them went in to keep the game close. As they didn't start to go in as the game ended, Houston was able to pull away. But still only scored 52 points. Marcus Sasser and this injury or whatever's going on, it's concerning. It's It's not the same team without that guy. Marcus Sasser is a top five player in the country. So I think we're being a little bit, you know, maybe ignorant saying that it doesn't matter. They have another team. No, this isn't this isn't as deep of a team as Houston has been. The more I look at Houston. They had they had several guys that could come off the bench and give their guys starters and be you know this had the same impact. They don't really yeah. have that anymore. You know, Cheney off the bench is fine. Sharp is their six man. That's it. They have seven guys. So when when, when you take the star like Sasser out and you put it all on Jarris Walker, which isn't supposed to be the offensive guy, and you mm-hmm. put it on Shed, who has been good but hasn't had you know his best his best last couple of games, True. it Mark makes a difference. Step up. Yeah, Mark's gonna have to step up if, if Sasser can't go. Um, I still think they have enough firepower and team to beat Auburn. Um, but if when they go and have to play Miami, they're going to need Sasser. Yeah. Miami or Indiana, or, you know, like I think they'll be fine the next round, but Sasser's got to get himself right. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And and Houston really, you know, it's 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 been so back and forth with me because I've, you know, had them going to final four, you know, and then I have them, you know, now I'm I'm worried about them. You know, is, is someone going to give them a run for their money now? As, as you know, I'm telling you, I maybe I'm going a little crazy here. Maybe I'll retract my statement on Tuesday's episode. You Auburn will. will not beat Houston. That game will be close. That game's going to be a five point or less game. I'm just it saying. Could be, but Houston will win that game. Houston will win, but it, uh, Auburn's going to keep them close. We'll see. We still haven't seen the rest of this bracket in the Midwest side, um, which mm-hmm. has Miami in it who I am kind of pissed that I didn't have a, the balls to take them to beat Houston because now I'm looking like I might want to. Can they <laughs> get past Drake? Indiana plays Kent State. These are upsets that people have in their brackets. Uh, Iowa State, who I like, has you know is playing Pitt. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of teams here that 
if they can get past these these trap kind of first games, maybe they run into Houston and give them, you know, run for their money. So Yeah. No, listen, Houston's vulnerable without look, anybody's vulnerable without your best player. You know, yeah. but uh you know they they only go six deep, so you can't lose one of them. You know. After the first day, and we are about fifteen minutes from day two starting, um, yep. as this episode goes out. Is there any has has the bracket looking? Um, did you lose any 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 big guys? You know, Arizona, obviously. I only had Arizona going to the sweet going 16, two rounds. Same. So I only had Arizona going two rounds. That didn't hurt me. Utah State hurt me because now I think Missouri is going to win two games, and so that's two things that I had Utah State winning both. So that yeah. one hurt. Um, you know, the other one that hurt was Furman. Uh, not Furman. Um, uh, oh crap. Uh, I just blanked. The the other uh, kind of minor upset. Uh, where did I, I I went I had Virginia going two rounds I had Arizona going two rounds Oof. and I I had College of Charleston going two rounds that Charleston. was that one I told you Charleston one. was the wrong one no it really was yeah as we go into today uh, day two what's the one game you're looking out for I, no, I'll you say know, you know the game I'm waiting for. I'm waiting, waiting for the, the nine matchup. You're waiting Let's, for FAU Memphis. Memphis absolutely. wins. Memphis wins by 15 plus. That's my prediction there. The game mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to is the first game of the day. It starts in 15 minutes. USC Michigan State. I really want to see Michigan State's here by two and a half. Mm-hmm. Jump on USC right now. I want to see if USC um can 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 make a run this year. Um I, I know that they run into, you know, some some tough teams. They're gonna run into the uh, I believe the two seed. Um yeah, Marquette. Marquette mm-hmm. is the most vulnerable two seed. We'll see if USC can get past, you know, Michigan State. They could possibly make a run. Um, we'll see. The other one, the, the other one, I, I really like this VCU team. I watched uh, the semifinals and the finals of the. Atlanta I got VCU 10. too. That's a, that's an I'm upset really, for me today too. Yeah. VCU. I'm not so Marys. VCU and Iona. That's the two biggest upsets I have today. We'll see if my upset luck continues. But there's a lot of people that have UConn going far in this tournament, and I have no idea why. So that would be a massive help for all of us. Yeah, would be would be huge. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll have a Sweet 16 set by the time we get there. Let's go.